The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, all-day poison breakfast. Naysayers of pumpkin spice naysayers. Corn maze death wish. And hug moratorium. And now, three men who think heaven is in a cornfield full of baseball players. Here are... The Dads! Hello and welcome to episode 14 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York, son. Welcome back to the podcast. It's more fun than all day breakfast, oh, baby. I went to McDonald's this morning. Yeah. Uh, scratch that. I went to McDonald's for dinner tonight. My wife texts me. I'm in rehearsal for Hamlet. Right? I'm deep, deep into the drama. My wife texts me and uh, she says, I uh, got the kids. We're having dinner at my mom and dad's. Aunt Jerry's over here. You're on your own. And I had all sorts of explosions of glee <laughs> inside my body. It was like a permission to just eat crap. Right? I, so. We, we went through the Ophelia scene where she goes nuts, where she is mm-hmm. nuts. And that, which is, God, it's so much fun to work on. And then you and, said, to McD or not to McD. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I pulled out of the parking lot of my high school backwards. I jammed on the e-brake. I did, I don't know what a 180 plus a 360 is, but that's what I did. 540? Yeah. And then I, I jumped a curb. Drove through a soccer game. <laughs> it was like a it's like a car chase through downtown Paris or something. You oh know, from yeah, born, from like born yeah, identity. I had like a born identity yeah, there, chase through. There were like, French police cars chasing him. Don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through Bruges, and I, I sat in the parking lot of McDonald's and ate just a truckload of fries and like a ranch full of McNuggets. There were chickens weeping in Iowa after all of the food I ate. And then I went home and I watched Boogie Nights by myself sitting on my couch. Have you seen Boogie Nights in the last 15 years? No. It really holds up. I got to hand it to Thomas Anderson Baskerville. I don't know what his third name is, but he it is really good. Say he didn't even think about a biscuit, uh, well, sausage I biscuit thought, or something. I just I wanted to yell at her. I'm like, are you serious? No. Like, I'm here for McNuggets. And, it, and so I got McNuggets. I would probably get that two burrito thing. I might get that uh, any uh, time of the day or night. I yeah. love the two burrito thing, and I can pretend like I'm sharing it with my kid, but she only takes one <laughs> bite, and I get two except for one bite. Uh, right. The only thing that makes me sad about all-day breakfast is that it makes breakfast less special because I right. feel like my prize for getting out of the house before 1030 is that uh, I get I get breakfast, and now I'll just do it all. But I think I will. I think I'll probably – I'll do a lot of nighttime breakfast. Well, and you know what? If, if I'm stuck with McDonald's as a choice, you know, and I end up getting like a double cheeseburger, I typically feel like, you know, you get that instant, that instant sodium regret 
mm-hmm. and it's you feel awful. Like a half hour later, I I just feel awful. But I don't get that same feeling with the breakfast. It's not quite to that level. So I mean, I can have a sausage and egg biscuit and not feel like I've let my family down. I used to get just like a sausage muffin without eggs. It was just the sausage and the and the muffin and the McMuffin and I think maybe a slice of cheese. I want to say that's like three hundred calories or something. But I understand links. I know McDonald's doesn't have links. No. I understand links. Like, it makes sense to me. It's the way people packaged meat Yeah. back when they had to store it in the dirt <laughs> yeah, so that it wouldn't, you, you know what I mean? It was salt. Right. Links. There was an artist. There was, like, an artist inside of a butcher somewhere saying, I've got to do something with this sausage link. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to make it a patty, and everyone's going to love it because it'll be smashed down. You think they rolled it out like an apple trade show thing? Like a guy came yeah. out, like ye old headset and said, like, yeah. hey, here we are, the new sausage for for the year yeah, 983. Like the, yeah, it was like the 1493 Berlin World's Fair. People looking at him, and they didn't accept him, and he, he ended up living alone. This like, will try, change the face of sausage. Uh, don't he change the face of sausage. Don't try the patty. It's buggy. They always release these new sausage products before they've tested them. I'm going to wait for the, for the sausage patty S. Now it's time for Hey, Get Off of My Lawn, where we refuse to go gently into that good night. Guys, this could just be my crazy talking, but I feel like October has lost its mind. It, autumn has lost its mind. Like the marketing of autumn is so over the top that it's causing me agita the moment I wake up in the morning. It's the suddenly become the only reason people live anymore. Like, I, I live for autumn. This is the yeah. only time of year I feel alive. Like, yay, life, you know, life is worth living. It's autumn. I mean, there are some charming things about autumn, but it is squarely less good than spring and summer for lots of reasons. No, you've hit it on the head. It, it's charming. It's not like summer changes your life, you know? Summer's fantastic. Right. Like, right. You, you meet the love of your life briefly never see her again in the summer spring offers the hope of summer fall offers the hope of death and <laughs> winter <laughs> is death that's sweet sweet release right uh, fall is just fall is just full of of palliatives or fall is, is full of uh, balms for the horrible ending the fact that summer is going away so you right. do a bunch of fun stuff to right. make up for the fact that you really want to slit your wrists and you're going <laughs> to slit your wrists come a month from now when you're digging your car out for half your day. Oh, well, my God. Maybe people, uh, maybe people enjoy fall so much because they don't have to try so hard. If you could just kind of give a big sigh in the fall because you don't have to worry about, you know, you're wearing baggier clothes. You get to wear long sleeves. You don't have to, you know, worry about shaving your legs all the way up. You could stop, you know, if you're a woman, you could stop shaving at, like, mid-shin. Because you're wearing capris again instead, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got to be honest. Like, I, I felt heartwarming nostalgia for the fall for about 20 years. It always reminded me of cross country and high school and cute girls. And and then this, I swear to you, like earlier this week, I'm like getting out of my car and I'm sort of hearing November rain in my head. And the wind's blowing, the leaves are starting to fall. I'm like, you know, this sucks. Yeah, it, <laughs> you're, you're completely right. Like, the temperature fell, so it was like 55 degrees or 60 degrees, which isn't, like, Arctic. But it is so much worse than 80 degrees. So mm-hmm. much worse. Having to find your jacket, because I keep walking out of the house in not a jacket because I forgot that the weather <laughs> went to hell. So I go out, I go, oh, right, I forgot, life sucks now. And then you got to go back right. and put your coat on. 
Right. Like I, I'm trying to treat my lawn as a 39 year old man. I got to treat my lawn for ticks because we moved up to an area that is just plagued with Lyme disease. So I've got to treat my lawn in the fall because Lyme disease is so prevalent that I've got to kill all the baby ticks so they don't live <laughs> over the, the winter. So, but it's so cold that you, if it rains, you can't, you've got to do it in dry, like when your grass is dry. So I've got to wait until my grass is dry, quickly pour poison over my lawn, <laughs> wet it, and then wait two days because it's so cold, the ground won't dry so that my kids can go back on the lawn and not be poisoned by the tick repellent. Because they're either going to get poisoned or they're going to get ticks. Or they're just going to play in muck. Because leaves, yeah, leaves are pretty for like a half a second. And then right. they're just these wet, moldy, bug-filled things that you have to rake up. It's right. garbage. I saw them playing. Well, I was taking, I saw them. Like I was looking out the window at my three-year-old playing by the street. I, I was taking pictures of them uh, in, front of, in front of our house, throwing carfuls of leaves at one another. And, yeah, watching them turn into leaf people because now they have this oh, thick, sticks. Mm-hmm. they have this thick, All luxurious ingle hair. Yeah. And just the sticks and there's leaves and there's, I don't, I'd say branches. I wouldn't even say sticks. Fall is the third best season. It's the George Harrison of seasons. And, like, yes, it, <laughs> it, it had some really good albums, but it's no Paul McCartney. You know? It, uh, and people are so... Because they're so busy overcompensating by praising Autumn, right. the way you would praise like your third most talented kid at the thing they're kind of good at. Like if your first two kids were really good at sports and singing, and then you had third that was like a third kid that was like okay in the band. So you've got to really, when you go to the band concert, you got to bring a lot of flowers and balloons and pretend like you could even stand sitting through it. That's right. how we're treating Autumn. Because when winter comes along, when all you're left with is Ringo, then you're like, man, I miss George. So then, yeah, sure, okay, in, in February, you can miss October all day long. And I know that I'm actually more sick of people complaining about pumpkin spice than I am sick of pumpkin spice. Like, <laughs> one more person right. makes a joke about how people make too many jokes about pumpkin spice, I'm going to snap a neck and bury him in the leaves. There have and, been, it, it, we're three years into that. We're three yeah. years into what's the deal with pumpkin spice. It's really old. And like, now they're trying to replace it. the pumpkin spice with apple stuff. I actually went to an entire apple festival the other day. I'm like, why are you celebrating the apple? It does not deserve to be celebrated. It's all they do here. Praise apples? Well, yeah. There's Ooh. apple orchards everywhere. And there are pumpkin farms everywhere. We took our kids to pick apples a week and a half ago. They went on a field trip like three days ago to an apple orchard. A week ago, we went to a pumpkin place that had a corn maze. We're fairly rural. And you're still I mean, busy because we are not rural. And there is there are more autumn festivals this month than we could ever go to if there were clones of us. Like there are three happening <laughs> at a time every day the whole month. Just festival, 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 festival. My kid loves festival. She's going to be so sick when by the end of this month. She's going to be like, if I have to pick one more pumpkin, if I have to go through one more hay bale maze. Like right. she, she will be, she will be autumned out before Halloween because it is oh, so over. Bale maze, yeah, that makes so much more sense because we took our kids to a corn maze and they were freaked out. <laughs> Todd, the... did you push your way out of one last? Yeah, year? we we <laughs> last time we went to a corn maze, I had to just push my way out of it because we got so lost. These things, they're making them so humongous, and they they give you a map, but there's no like hints. There is no 
if you get lost, lift this thing up and it'll tell you which way to go. Like there should be some kind of way out. No, so this is, I just, ours was no, ours was old school. Like I just there was pushed no map. my way through it. The, they had it was like a good harvest this year, so like the corn was twelve feet high, <laughs> and there was no way to tell. Like if, if it was a cloudy day, you were gonna die in the maze because there was no <laughs> way to tell where you were. And I had my kids in there, like I had my three year old kids. And, you know, Nick's like, okay, we really got to get out of here. And I'm like, I hear people over here. Let's <laughs> follow me. And we go down and turn into a dead end. She's like, David. I'm like, I know. I swear to God, I hear it. Maybe it's ghosts. But I hear yeah, it something. Could be, could be a bunch of dead baseball players or it could be the it could be the people who work at the farm. I don't know. Ghosts of the people that died there last year. <laughs> you stumble yeah. on some bones. Oh my God! Yeah, it's no, dude. There is there are no maps. There are no. There's not even anyone there to like take a ticket. We could have walked in off the street, except for the ten miles out of town. And that's what's funny about that. We paid. I want to say I paid thirty bucks to take my family in that corn maze. No, thirty bucks well, to get lost in a field. It was like seven <laughs> bucks a person, and there were four. It was twenty eight dollars, I think it was. Yeah, ours was seven bucks a person. Oh my gosh, dude! We should make kids. it free to go in and make you pay to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much is it worth to you. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. You're kind of warm, but I can't promise you that you're hot. So <laughs> we have I'm dynamic like maze pricing girl. here. We uh we we have yeah. surge pricing. Surge we charge pricing. you more based on how far into the maze you are when you need to yeah. get out. And how badly right. you need to take how badly you have to go to the bathroom. For thirty bucks, I'll give you a shovel and you can dig your way out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're looking at the website and there's an aerial shot and I swallowed hard when I looked at the aerial shot of the corn maze. That I took my family into, <laughs> dude. I swear to you, it's a, it's like a football field by a football field, I, and there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. I'm like, we could have, like, we were in there for like 15 sort of silly minutes, you know, making the kids, convincing my daughters they're having fun, but we could have seriously gotten lost and gotten lost to where we walked into the forest. And not oh, nice. That not opens up into certain death. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, one side right. just opens up into a sheer cliff face. Yeah, you'll die on the rocks. <laughs> uh, we went to, there were two festivals this weekend. We went to the, the Terrible Apple Fest on Saturday, and we went to the Chicago Parent Playdate, which was indoors on Sunday. Both of them had the same giant inflatable, oh, kind of a bouncy house, kind of a slide, kind of, you know what I'm talking about? It's like yeah. a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Multi multi thing, but the one that was outside, it was drizzling rain. It was freezing cold, Ooh. and with a four year old, I'm sure you guys all agree with this. Like she can't gauge when she is too cold and too wet no. and needs to stop. So she wants to go a thousand times through this thing that's full of rowdy kids who are bigger than us. So she's gonna crack her skull. I know her fingers are getting frostbitten, but she wants to keep going in this drizzly awful thing. And all I get to do is eat apples, which are awful. We constantly have new friends now <laughs> because she's in school. So we're constantly making new friends where you have to be polite because you're not far enough down the friend path where you can say, like, nah, I'm going to opt out of the thing that you are doing right now. And they were like, we're eating these super delicious baked apples. You need to try one. It was like an apple. They stuffed it with, like, caramel and nuts, and then they wrapped it in phyllo dough, and they baked it. Now, that sounds pretty good. But notice that with the exception of a drizzle of caramel, there's no extra sugar there except what's in the apple. Mm -hmm. So I guess if you think of that as an apple – while you're eating it, you're like, oh, this is extra good for an apple. 
but it's way too close to a pie to not judge it on a pie scale. So she's freezing and shivering and going on this thing where she's going to get her head cracked open by like a nine-year-old while I'm standing there eating this thing with, with each bite. Instead of saying, what a delicious apple, my brain is saying, what a disappointing pie. What's wrong with this pie? <laughs> I'm all for supporting farmers and local businesses and everything, but uh, when I go to an apple orchard and I pick my own apples, why is it that I'm paying four times what I pay at the grocery store for apples? Yeah, let me pick them at the Jewel because uh, they're going to be way cheaper there. <laughs> yeah, they and, should have trees at the grocery store. <laughs> and I don't, Todd, your kids are older. Have you ever been to a haunted house? Not with our – no, our kids won't do haunted houses. There must be big money in these super scary haunted houses because I can't walk five feet without getting without an incredibly inappropriately chilling billboard in my face for you know Psycho Madness Five, uh, yeah, you know a twenty story haunted house. Oh yeah, and they're People doing them in like they're yeah. doing them like abandoned prisons and like old hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, zombie slaughter zone. Yeah, I think the last time I was in a haunted house was when I was in junior high, and it was the day my grandpa died. <laughs> After I found out that my grandpa passed away, I was like, can I go to a haunted house with my friends? I don't know. Like, my friends are going to a haunted house. I'm like, well, I still get to go to the haunted house, right? Like, I need to get out of the house. Like, I'm not a way to cope, but it was weird. Like, I wanted to go hang out with my friends. I didn't want to sit around with my sad family. You mean there's a way to be a crappy son? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Dad. uh, I know your dad died, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, but in my head, I'm thinking... Am I going to sit around and be sad all night with everybody? Sorry, like, you're a widow now, Grandma, but I'm going to go put my bowl <laughs> my hand in a, a bowl full of grapes and go, oh, no, it's eyeballs. Hey, Dad. Yeah. Uh, I know the guy that, uh, uh-huh. that uh, yeah, son. made you let you hop on his mm-hmm. knee. I know. Whenever, he's a great man. Uh, whenever he was. We're going to miss him. Whenever you were a little boy, mm-hmm. he used to sing songs to you and told you about the war. Yes, he was I, in, I know the war. He, the greatest I know generation. he died by suffocating mm-hmm. on his own fluid in his lungs, but. Do you mind if I go to a haunted house with my friends? Uh, go ahead, son. Thanks, Dad. Oh, by the way, can I have 20 bucks? <laughs> Just get it out of my wallet. <laughs> it's over next to the Kleenex, the empty box of Kleenex that I've already gone through. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't really been to a haunted house since then. Oh, I went to sleep no more in uh Sleep no Manhattan. more. Well, that's like this, performance art, right? It's like kind of a play of of Macbeth, but kind of a haunted house. It's kind of a haunted house. And my brother and I saw completely different shows, I guess, because it's the, it was the last show of the night. So I saw, basically, I walked around for an hour and a half through empty rooms because <laughs> all, they split everyone up that you're with. So my brother saw the entire show, and I just saw empty 5,000-square-foot basements with... <laughs> With strobe lights and dissonant music. You have chosen poorly. <laughs> well, now there's also these escape room things. You know, the, this is the new scary entertainment where, like, they lock you in a room with a zombie on a rope and you have to figure out how to get out of the room. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the new hotness. I'm nervous about the future for my daughters because of things like that. It's not. I, I would be extra rough. nervous if your daughters are actresses because it seems like the most logical way to get out of the room is to break the neck of the zombie. <laughs> Right, who's really just right. you know somebody with a yeah with a BFA trying to trying to right. This is her. too real. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Evansville, don't kill me. <laughs>
Hey folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? You can do it. It's very simple. Just go to the support page at paternitypodcast.com. There you will see a big old Amazon box, and when you click on it, it will open a new window, and it's Amazon. And you will shop in that window. You don't have to do anything differently than you normally would when you shop on Amazon. But Amazon knows you came through our portal, and they send us a portion of their profits. You don't pay extra. They pay us. And we use that to keep the show on the air uh, for my daughter's fourth birthday. I bought her a toy that I've been hoping to get, uh, one on Todd's suggested board game list, and one that I saw a picture of Dave's daughters playing on Instagram, and that is Hungry Hungry Hippos. We finally have it. It's a classic, man. You didn't even have to buy the game. You could have just done the human hungry hippos that everyone's showing on. You know, you see it on Facebook. Oh yeah, where you like video. lay down with a box and you like yeah. throw it in front of yourself. You, you know? lay down on like a furniture dolly and someone pushes you in the middle of a circle and like you you yeah use a box to grab some balls and then they pull you back with the rope. What kind of animals do that? <laughs> hippos. Do the girls get violent with the hungry hippos? Like just slam the things down, or are they actually like? Because I feel like I was always a strategic hungry hippo player. Like I would be very uh deliberate with my my presses on the lever i wasn't just a mad berserker pounder. yeah hippo slammer yeah well yeah. let me say this you know we get it pull it out of the box and i remember hungry hippos the way i played it which they're real marbles the hippos were made out of metal it was forged in a foundry by men the whole thing Forged under a mountain by dwarves. Right. The, the sweat and blood of an Irishman was, was written in, you know, the, he signed his name on the side of it, and it was level. You know what I mean? Like, the whole oh, thing was... Oh, they're not level now. Oh, my God. This piece of crap is made of made of the thinnest plastic. Everything comes in pieces. you got to snap it together. The marbles are not third, marbles. It's, it's a third smaller than the version yes. we played as kids. Yes. So it's kind of too small. The marbles are hollow. They're plastic. And the heads get stuck. When you slam yes, on the tails, the, the heads, heads get, stuck. get stuck. in the sort of prone, stuck-out position, like the ostrich in the sand position. And on top of that, it's not level. So when my daughters are playing, I find myself sort of pressing on one side of the, of the <laughs> game. I, I put my finger under my side so the marbles just roll into her hippo's mouth because right. otherwise she cried. Because the marbles right. were just rolling freely away from her. Right. <laughs> I um, thought Hungry Hippos always slanted towards the middle. No. Good. This, my wife and I, 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 I look at my wife and I'm like, this is the perfect analogy for America. Mm-hmm. Right? 30 years ago, you pound hard enough on that hippo's butt <laughs> and you get, you get as many marbles as you want. And they're real marbles. Everything's made of solid plastic that, you could break someone's skull open with comes in, you know, this big cardboard box that would destroy the earth. If you you know, threw it outside on the lawn. Yeah. Now you have now, to disassemble it to put it back in the box. Right. You have to burn it. You have to somehow have a seance over it. Now all the sides are uneven and the marbles you do get are hollow. None of it's fair. And the box rich comes hippos in, just keep getting richer. Just keep getting richer. Whoever's got the biggest, the fattest thumb, can just put their thumb down and they'll get marbles forever. So, <laughs> and my daughters didn't like that. They sort of scowled at me and walked off into the other room and cried. Because it um, doesn't work very well anymore, it, it takes away the quality I remember most about Hungry Hippos, which is the sheer volume. Hungry, Hungry Hippos was mostly called in my house the game you're not allowed to play when dad's on third shift. 
oh my god yeah it was so loud <laughs> so loud and it's not loud anymore and it doesn't take long to play because the the marbles don't really bounce off everything well, because it's too they're small not so the solid. marbles aren't bouncing around exactly there's only uh, a half inch between the center of the board and the hippo mouth, so everybody right. everybody hits the t- tail once and the game's over. It's a piece of crap, and it's twenty bucks, <laughs> twenty dollars. So they made it cheaper, but more expensive. They have the value and doubled the price. <laughs> yes, better than mousetrap. Better than mousetrap. I, I was looking at mousetrap, and I'm like, wow, this is way too complicated. Like my kids are gonna put cigarettes out of me if I try to bring this home. <laughs> I did order, I think I actually ordered Hungry Hungry Hippos on Amazon now, so it came within an hour of when I ordered it, which I realized, you know when Captain Picard says, like, tea, oh, gray, hot, and, like, tea comes out of the wall? Amazon uh-huh. now is only 59 and a half minutes slower than just saying something into the wall and having it materialize. <laughs> which is pretty good. It's pretty good, man. It's good Con- enough. Considering, Where's like, the... you know, yeah. we used to order things out of a catalog and it'd come six to eight weeks later. You know, like it would come just about the time you'd completely forgotten that you ordered it. And yeah, you didn't want it, or it was like a too old for the thing you wanted. We had some friends over there night, and uh, we're talking about the Sears catalog, and everyone, the, the the phrase Sears Christmas catalog was uttered, and everyone's mind just bent because we were instantly taken back to 1979. Well, that was the internet. Like that was the internet for us. Like that, yeah. it's, you would sit on the toilet and flip through the Sears catalog or right the, or, or the, a couch, you know. Well, oh. you know, well, I'm just Todd. Todd, I, even in his youth, read on toilets. Absolutely. Well, there was always something to read in our bathrooms at home. There's always a catalog or a magazine or something. So just I've grown accustomed. Like I can't, like I I can't poop unless I'm I'm reading something. Unless my Nor can my you're reading unless you're pooping. Well, there's that too, so it makes it very difficult. There's at least a ticker tape at the stock market in Todd's bathroom. My last driver's test was very embarrassing (laughs) when I had to take the written exam. This guy can clear out a DMV. (laughs) I have to take along a little toddler potty wherever I go. (laughs) It's like a little frog, little plastic frog potty. Make jokes. We still do that. (laughs) I'm gonna take if I drive my daughters to their homecoming dance. I'm putting a toddler potty in the back of the Sienna. (laughs) That has saved me more grief having to take my daughters into any other form of public restroom. Will they go into a public restroom now, or they demand? Yeah, well, they'll do whatever we tell them to do. They don't care. They don't know what germs are. I mean, bathrooms are so much cleaner when we were kids that my daughter doesn't fully realize how gross bathrooms are because she's gone into too many clean ones. So I need to take her to just a truck stop in the middle of the night and just take her into just (laughs) a foul hell mouth of a bathroom where zillions of people have just sprayed their excrement up and down the walls and on the ceiling. (laughs) You know, where there might be a dead hooker underneath the the piles of foul excrescence. Because right now she's like, has to, you know, she goes for fun at Target. Right. Hey, let's do something fun tonight. What, guys? What do you want to do? I don't know. Ouija board, then maybe go poop at a Target. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) You know how good bathrooms are now? They're so good that people don't even make jokes about (laughs) there being writing on public restroom walls. Right, because there's never writing on public be- restroom no. walls. People will be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Never. Everyone's too polite. Not even like an Exxon gas station bathroom. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's every, we stopped serving McDLTs and styrofoam and everyone all of a sudden wanted to clean up the environment, including <laughs> bathroom tile, but it stopped. 
It completely stopped. It's weird. It's just like it's some antiquated thing. Like when the crack cleared out of the cities, the the writing on bathrooms went with it or something. But yeah, it's like yeah. it's like as dead as disco. It's just a an indicator of the past. It's like when people make jokes about being stabbed in Times Square on taxi or something. That's, that's no, that's exactly right. I you know, I feel bad for other places that are in our 1970s. I went to Milan and everything, everything has is tagged. Everything has spray paint on it. I'm like, how is this? Like, you're Italian. If everything had frescoes on it, that would make sense. <laughs> right. Like, if everything was like Renaissance arches, that would make sense. In, shop in, owners in, coming out, they go out to their like to their roll up garage door in front of the shop. They go, Mamma mia, another gang fresco. <laughs> If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. You can subscribe either on iTunes or through your podcasts app on your iDevice. You can also, in that same podcast app, find us and leave us a review and a rating. That would be great. It improves our ratings and helps other people find us. Extra, extra, read all about it. Read our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine and the Paternity Test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. This month, the topic is fear. In honor of October, we're talking fear all month, and uh, we're going to talk about some real societal fears that people have had over in childhood over different decades. In this past week, we talked about goofy fears, things that scared you, nightmare fuel from your childhood. Guys, what was the nightmare fuel of your childhood? Terrorism. Really? In the, young, in the early 80s? For- no, I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> terrorism was like hijacking a plane. To yeah. Right. Right. As a kid? Yeah, I would move, Like what thing in a movie? Like, it was either Freddy Krueger. It was either Freddy Krueger right. or Malachi. Malachi keeps coming up. People oh. keep seeing Malachi and Children of the Corn. That yeah. one stuck with people. Yeah, I saw that. I was way too young to see those movies. I saw Christine when I was really young, too, but it didn't really oh manifest in, like, a fear of old cars. So I think I, <laughs> I think that one worked out. But, yeah, Freddy Krueger always was a scary one. To me, I always had that image of the – is it is it his face kind of pressing through, like, the bed sheet or something from yes. down below? Is that is that is that the image I'm thinking of? Like yeah. Press- yeah, that was his movie. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that was probably what scared me the most as a kid. Mine was Jaws. I don't know how a guy grows up in southern Illinois is afraid of the ocean, but uh, yeah, I watched the Jaws movies and I was freaked out. And even like I'd think about that movie and I'd be in a pool and I'd start kicking my legs real hard. Like I just, I it freaked me out so bad. It's me, David, the devil. I have bad news and I have good news. The bad news is sharks are going to kill you. The good news is sharks are really far away. He kept asking for shark repellent for Christmas as a kid, and his parents like, right. David, the nearest the ocean, ocean is is fifteen hundred miles away. Yeah, you have theory. shark repellent. It's called half the continent. <laughs> Dave, your wife said something on uh, on the socials about some story called the Bunyan about leaving me. What? Uh, the Bunyan. What? Yeah, she's like, it's a super scary children's oh story. Oh, my Bunyan. God. Yeah, she had some sort of, like, Vietnam flashback about the Bunyan. <laughs> uh, and it's a story from her childhood. And she was, uh, when she taught pre-K in New York City, she somehow discovered it again. I don't think she actually took it to school. All of a sudden, she had this, like, she was, she was like she was a five-year-old in our living room, and she's reading this, terrifying herself. I don't know. I don't remember the story anymore. It's one of those foreign 
things to me because I, I didn't ever read it as a kid. I don't understand why it's scary, but it was, she was terrified by it. It was just called The Bunyan? Yeah, I, I don't I don't even remember if it was like an old lady's bunion or, or what it was, but um, like there's a book. Haunted my, podiatry. Right. Ooh. Like there's a book that my daughters, we've read. To Children of daughters. the Corns. <laughs> <laughs> there's a book that we read to our daughters called The Hairy Toe, and it's about <laughs> this hairy toe that this little troll finds, <laughs> and it's freaked out because there's someone going with my hairy toe and it's a witch that i guess her toe fell off now that i'm saying this out loud it sounds really demented but our kids love it and they're you know it, it kind of goes it kind of coincides with last week's talk about how much our kids love death talk i mentioned on the show before that there was a book called haunted planet that was in the book order form, and I ordered it early in grade school, and it came and then had a really scary cover. It was a story of ghost, of ghost stories. Like it was a collection of ghost stories, anthology. And uh, it, it, it came to the house six to eight weeks after I ordered it, and my mom said, oh, that looks really scary on the front. She took it away, and she read it, and then she said, you know what? I think this is too scary. I don't think you should read it until you're a little older, and put it in the closet. And then it just grew in intensity and mythology. Like, it must be so scary if she banned me from reading it that I just I would lay in my bed and stare at the closed closet doors and think about that book being inside the closet. And I never did read it. And I know where it is in my parents' house right now. Like, it's in a sealed book of box of children's books. And maybe on the show we should, like, unseal it like Al Capone's vaults and see if that book was scary at all if my mother bluffed me for 35 years. <laughs> I was reading something about the Time Life series, Mysteries of the Unknown. Oh, that yeah. Like That's where late... a man fashioned an ankh out of a clothes hanger and pointed it at an ancient stone, and then a bolt of electricity went through him. What happened? Read the book. Yeah. <laughs> the most obnoxious response ever, by the way. Like, what happened? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, who starts a ghost story and then won't finish it? And that was the whole premise for like five years, and they sold a bajillion of them. I think we were so afraid in our childhood. So many things came up, and I mentioned this in the Chicago, in the Chicago Parent article this week, because the 80s was a perfect intersection of television becoming less appropriate and parents becoming less attentive in the 70s and 80s. Like, it's when the latchkey thing started. Like, parents started getting divorced en masse. Like, most parents were divorced in the 70s and 80s. And mathematically, most were divorced. And both parents started working all the time. So generally, parents weren't home, and then TV was totally deregulated, and cable TV was born. So you had TVs in your house playing inappropriate things all day, and your parents not there. Yeah, and it's actually very true. The statistics show that, it, like, all of this, you know, more and more people are getting divorced is crap. It actually, the statistic is, in the late 70s is when it, or maybe 81 is when it caps out. Crested, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and since then, less people have gotten divorced. Everything was fear-based, very special episodes of different strokes and family ties. And horrifying and, PSAs with people yeah. smoking, smoking through their cancer valve and horrible yes. car accidents and slasher movies playing nonstop on cable. I was watching something about He-Man. He-Man was the first action figure that was turned into a TV show. The 80s was this factory. It was, it was this... It was like the Silicon Valley of how to market anything in any sort of way. Oh, yeah. Every cartoon was the 30-minute toy commercial. So the right. toy came first, and then they made up a story. To... We were just 
We were absolutely sold as children. We may be I mean, the unluckiest modern generation. Maybe. I. Although I don't feel as if none of it was. The thing about it is, is that none of it was malicious. I, I, I love the fact that I grew up in the 80s. Oh, no. The boomers wanted to be good parents. They were just bad at it. <laughs> and a lot of it was that they couldn't keep up with new technology as it came up. So everything was a newfangled this and a, right, a new that. marketing technology and new divorce technology. Yeah. <laughs> But also, I feel like it's um, one of the last homogenized generations. And I don't mean that racially. I mean that culture. The last, the last mass culture generation. The last mass pop culture. Out. The last mass pop culture generation. To where I can say to anybody who's 39 years old, I could say the name Michael Gross. And everyone's going to know who I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely, because we're the last generation who had to be in front of the TV to watch the shows and had no other way to get entertainment. Right. You don't have to say, did you ever watch it? Like, no, because everyone watched it. Yes. Why? Because there were three channels. Yeah. You and didn't have most of America options. couldn't afford cable. Right. Most of America didn't trick themselves into thinking they deserved or needed cable. I'm in a position now. I make less money than my parents did with adjusted for inflation. And I have cable and they never did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I, I've earned it. I deserve it. And it's crap. I, I have it. You know what I mean? But, but that's the society we live in. When I was a kid, yeah, no one had it. And so no middle class person had it because they knew better. Right. That was before marketing totally won. And like Pottery Barn convinced us that we need all new dishes for each season. Exactly. And now it's time for planes to catch and bills to pay. That's a segment when our kids realize that they finally don't have any time for us. So Ellie has always been our little cuddle bug, you know, like she's always the effect. She's always been the affectionate one. Like if you line the four of us up, I would be Ellie Shot and I first. are the two like affectionate people in the family. And Kelly and Alex like avoid hugs and just aren't that way, the you know, cold, aloof ones. in the family. <laughs> right. There's like German blood in you. Somehow. If you had to <laughs> label them, you could label them that way. But not all. You know, there's certainly not. It's not all the time. But if you were to say on a scale, who's more of this? They're more of that. And we're more of the affectionate ones. You know, so I, I always enjoyed that about us. That was kind of like, you know, we had that personality trait, you know, in common. And that was cool. So lately, though, she's been very and I don't know if it's just like her age, like the 10 year old, which is really, you know, these days more like a 12 year old. And just in terms of attitude and sass, I think just from what they pick up at school, I feel like she's been avoiding hugs lately. Just the other morning, I think it was like two, two mornings ago, she was walking down the stairs and I was heading up the stairs to finish getting ready in the morning. It was early, but you know, we had been awake. So it's not like I could say, well, she's just groggy. She was awake. And I, you know, I went to give her a good morning because I had the first time I'd really like interacted with her that morning so i put my arms out to give her a hug and she like tried to push past me to the point like where she was like knocking me over into our wooden railing when i thought like i'm my <laughs> teeth tumbled over like, backwards and broke yeah exactly <laughs> and i kind of had a little tantrum about it like i was pissed and i like used my form to like push her back a little bit to like stop her from going past me which of course she, all of a sudden like her eyes like sprung open she's like what like because she realized that i was pissed and i'm like hey What's your problem here? I'm just trying to give you a hug. And then, of course, then, of course, she wants to give me a hug, and then I don't let her. You know? So then I, yeah. I'm like, no. I'm like, no, forget it. I'm like, no. I love I don't it. want one anymore. So that, yeah, I, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> I, go, I, don't want, I don't want it now. I don't want your pity hug. lousy pity hugs. Yeah, get out of here. So then I go upstairs and, like, I have a I little tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm going to go hug a pack of cigarettes. Get out of here. So I, I, I totally have a, tan- I have a tantrum, and I, like, purposely slam a door upstairs so she could hear down because she's downstairs now, <laughs> and I want her to hear that I'm still pissed off about it. And afterwards, I'm like, well, I guess I didn't need to get that pissed off about it, but it was, I don't know, I feel like it was disrespectful, and I was mad about it. So I decided to have a little tantrum. Look, I don't think that the context is always that important. Yeah, um, I think a lot of times it's just important for your kid to see that they have the ability to make you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And then they need to then say, oh, I, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to make my parent who loves me and provides me with everything feel yeah. terrible. Why don't I get my act together a little bit? You know, even as a, you know, what is she? Eight? Uh, she'll be 10 very soon. A couple of months. What is she? Nine? Yeah. She'll be... <laughs> Usually you go from nine to ten, yeah. I agree with that a little bit. Like kids need to know that words and actions mean things. I guess words mean things, Matt. Words can hurt. Words Remember that can commercial? Hurt. You're a stupid idiot. I hate you. Words can hurt like a fist. Don't beat your kids. Brought to you by the eighties. Remember that commercial? <laughs> no. I would have thought the eighties commercial would be "Don't use your fists, use your words." <laughs> What do you think Wait. this is? The 70s? Insult your children. Don't punch them. Right. Them. Right. Like the 70s was don't drink while you beat your kids. <laughs> the 80s was don't beat your kids. The 90s was yippee, it's the 90s. Right. No one got beat in the 90s. Nobody. I dare you to find one person. Like everything was beautiful. The economy was great. No wars. Like no real wars. <laughs> right. Just a little scuffle in Iraq in like 91. And then the 2000s came along like, hey, 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 and we're back talking to kids. That's fine. I'm cool with that. I agree. But yeah, we had it way rougher. So, so did she come around? Did she realize? Well, she, you know, I just I decided, you know, I said, well, since I was going to purposely have a little tantrum that I should also like I should finish the job and purposefully come back and make finish good. the job and fake my own hanging in the attic. <laughs> she'll hear me kick the stool and then she'll hear a creaking and then she'll come up and then she'll see. Then they'll all see. But then you'll just hop out and say, why is the car been on for 35 minutes in the garage? <laughs> so I came back downstairs and I'm like, could we try this again? Can I have it? And then I got a real hug and, you know, it was fine. Who knows? Maybe as she was grumpy or whatever that morning. But uh, but I think Dave's right. Is that you know it's, it it is important that they need to can't treat you like crap just because they see you every day and you do everything for them. And they, yeah, they don't get the right to act like Disney Channel characters in the mornings yeah. whenever they're they've got dried snot in their eyes. That's still something that like oh, I'm working on in the house is the trying to wipe off the Disney Channel stink. Good Put luck. down humor. The- Endlessly yeah. conditioned or the endlessly repeated put down humor that's been in their ear hole for their entire life from mm-hmm. Disney Junior. And luckily, they they haven't. A lot of those shows have gone away now, and and the very few that are left, my kids despise. Like Jesse, they won't even watch. So I feel like we're out of the woods there a little bit, and they are leaning more towards more of the animated stuff like Gravity Falls and. That's uh, good. Cause that's good stuff. But uh, my daughter watched uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse before she went to bed. When I came back out of the out of the room from putting her to bed. Girl Meets World was on. Okay, they do they do watch Girl Meets World. Well, it's everything you hate. The one I saw was so materialistic, really? sexualistic, insulting, and my pet peeve, the terrible diction on that channel. Do they not have any acting coaches <laughs> to tell people to get the crap out of their mouth before they speak on a TV show? 
God. I think they find it quirky, you know. I think they find that stuff, like, quirky and charming. The kids, the girl and her best friend wear high heels to school every day. Dad made me feel like, hey, you kids get off my lawn. I was like, that's inappropriate. Those girls are 11. At least they don't don't dress quite as slutty as some of the other Disney (laughs) channel guys. Uh, characters I've no, seen. No, they just you know. don't dress as slutty as the Jesse characters or the the shake it down characters, whatever they yeah, were. Yeah, shake uh, it down. They <laughs> shake it off. Shake it off. Yeah, take it off. I don't know what it was. But they do have the preposterous number of layers, colors, and patterns. Yes, they're all about layers, colors, and patterns. Yeah, we'll see if Ellie thinks twice before snubbing my hugs the next time. I'm not looking forward to that part of my life. The part where I have to. I'm like constantly thinking about how to act around my kid. Mm. I mean, not that you are, but no, it's true. Constantly wondering where they are in their development. You know, what can I talk about? What can I not talk about? What should I be talking about that I haven't talked about yet? Have I scared them enough about drugs? If I should I be talking about their period, should I? I talked to Alex about. I forget how pregnancy came up. I just started kind of talking about it a little bit and. I think we talked about somehow it came up like the age differences between my dad and me and how old he started asking how old my mom was. And I I think my mom was 19 when she had my brother and 22 when she had me. And I, you know, and so we, that kind of spun off into a conversation about how sometimes when you have kids that young, you know, you're not quite ready for it. And, you know, (laughs) well, my parents got divorced when I was two. My mom just wasn't what, I don't know the whole backstory, but, but I ended up, we ended up with my dad. So there was something going on there, but you know, where she wasn't, I think she was so young, you know, but anyway, and I think, I think I ended it with, so don't get anyone pregnant. And right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. The more, you know, <laughs> that, that phrase cannot be uttered enough. You just can't. Yeah. And I just said, you know, if there's one thing that will change your life, <laughs> you know, as a teenager, there's a lot of mistakes you could make that one. That one changes it. It ruins it. Let's just use the word ruin. It ruins it. Yeah, if you look at life as like you're going to live for 90 years, yeah, all right, maybe it's a fallacy. But it ruins the best part of your life. It's certainly the part is, worth yeah. living. You know? <laughs> Don't use your phone to take a picture of yourself in the ICU. Oh, can we just talk about this? Use your phone to connect to us, son. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest and Instagram at the Paternity Test and on Twitter at the Dad Test. So someone from my hometown who I don't know, who somehow has become my Facebook friend, and maybe is a lovely person, but I sent I, I screenshotted and sent this to you guys. So Took cool. a picture of herself. In the ICU, intubated, I think, with her face all smashed in and one arm broken and her legs in traction. And with her only remaining limb, took a selfie, a life support selfie, and wrote. Read it, <laughs> Wait, God, it? read it. What did it say, Todd? On life support, just happened. I, I Look, I am not laughing at the uh, misfortune of this person because she wasn't even the cause of this accident. But... I'm laughing at where we are as a society that this is even acceptable. That she even thought for a moment, you know what I'm going to do? Got one good arm. My phone, <laughs> didn't, my phone didn't break in the car accident. <laughs> I'm getting on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I got to get this on Facebook. That's, that's, that's your priority. I got to get this on Facebook. This is going to get a lot of likes.
Oh yeah. my God, she had so gonna, many comments. I'm gonna break my like record with this. I'm gonna pee into a catheter, but first, let me take a selfie. My favorite part, of course, is as you read the comments, someone about 40 comments down says, despite the fact that the person in the picture is intubated, it says, call me. <laughs> I don't, I've been intubated before and it's fine when you're asleep. I can't imagine. Please take my life if I ever have to be intubated while I'm awake. Please kill me. Well, I'll have to check her vine because I'm sure there's a six second video of the tube going in. Oh, God. Uh, did anyone in the comments ever question why or how she got this picture on Facebook? If she's no, on these life people support? were from downstate. They were just jealous that they didn't get to. <laughs> Man, I wish I was on life support. Oh, you got to have more troubles on your social media than I did. My house hasn't been taken away by a tornado in weeks. That is, I, I got to say, I think the, she screwed up because well, what she should have done was take a picture and then left like a vague book, vague book status yeah. that said like, yeah. kind of a bad day, sad face. <laughs> All right, this just happened. Don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> um, you know, Matt. But my other favorite comment is is someone someone said, "OMG, I'm glad you guys are okay." <laughs> Her definition of okay is much looser than mine. Is on a ventilator. <laughs> With it, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but then it fin- but follows it up with uh, I'll leave out the name. Blank said she hopes you get better and wants Allie's cell number. She lost it. It doesn't hurt too much to breathe. Could you please shoot me that sing- contact number? Yeah. Need- the morphine still allows your fingers to move. Uh, can you do me a favor? <laughs> oh, god, could you get your grandma's velvet cake recipe? I am dying for something to serve thanksgiving <laughs> send us a question or a comment to the paternity test mailbag just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number 657 bad dads we're the worst and now it's time for as the world turns that's where every day you end up back in the same place i have been beating my head against a wall to think of something that's happened to me in the last week that is worthy of talking about on the show. And I've mentioned a lot of things throughout the, this episode, they, little things, the lawn. Yeah, and, I talked about you're uh, gorging yourself on some McDonald's. at the Right. These are all things. These are things that made me happy. Yeah. Right? It's the little things. It always is. Right. Working on the lawn made me happy. Mm. Playing with my kids has made me happy this week. With and your uneven, my, hungry hippos. Playing with hungry hippos is as crappy as Milton Bradley. I'm assuming it's a Milton Bradley game, right? Isn't it? There's still Milton Bradley. Are there still Parker Brothers? Hasbro. But in the end, lately, I've begun to notice a pattern, and the pattern is that everything just repeats itself every day. <laughs> I have felt really in the last month my life really just being a, a Groundhog's Day event. Well, I wonder if, um, you know, your girls are at the age now where the changes don't come quite as fast as they did when they were younger, you know, those first couple of years of life, when it's like every day. I'm a baby. I'm some, a toddler. I can walk. I can poop. I can. Yeah. Something I'm new. Bed, I'm in a bicycle. Yeah. And now it like takes them a year to be able to do something new. Yeah. I think there's some maybe every six that. months they hit a milestone. Well, that, so that, you go a long that, time where you're like, oh, you're, you're still you still look like you did yesterday. So uh, whatever. Well, I think it's that and it's 
you go from two when they're you take them to the pool and they're afraid to get their face wet to they're almost four and you take them to the pool and they'll get the face wet and they laugh about it. And then five minutes later, they get their face wet and they want to pull their eyeballs out and they scream and yell. It's, it's completely irrational. You can, the irrationality of a two-year-old is completely rational. I, I'm just worn down. My wife's worn down. We're worn down by their insanity. The thing is, I love my life. Like, I love my job. I love my And your kids, family. Right? And my wife. <laughs> I said, and your kids. Don't forget. To- well, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> no, I love my kids. But they've broken I, you. I'm, I'm happy with my wife. I'm happy with everything. But. Your girlfriend, everything. I'm great. happy with the stuff on the side. <laughs> I'm happy with everything that's going on. I wish I didn't drive a 99 Honda two-door. But other than that, I'm good. But it is, there is a repetitiveness all of it. And I wouldn't worry about it, man. Just keep on keeping on. And it's bound to change because at some point, you're either going to get laid off, a cancer yeah. diagnosis, or your parents will die. Yeah, I got to keep my head up about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a little bored right now, but a drunk driver T-boning you on your way home from work. Is- <laughs> <laughs> right. Breaking the third vertebrae is going to uh-huh. shift everything. Mm-hmm. The whole outlook on life. The other thing that's bothering me, and the problem is that I hesitate in buying things. Because here's the process. All right, my daughter's three and a half. I want to buy my glider, right? Uh, I want to buy my balance bike, which is a bike without pedals. Which, in my mind, should cost less than a bike, but somehow it costs <laughs> as much. At least two pedals worth less. Right. But what happens is I don't want to buy a cheap one. I want to buy one that's sturdy that's going to last two or three years, right? But that means I got to spend like 70, 80 bucks at least. That means if I'm a good parent, I've got to spend 140, 160 bucks at least, right? And they yeah. need all this other stuff, and we've got to do all this. You know, it's like everything's double, right? Instantly double in a way that it's not when you have a eight-year-old and a six-year-old, right? You just pass that stuff down. If you have a boy, then a girl, then the, you buy a purple bike so that the kid, the, the son's not offended by pink and the daughter's not offended by blue. So what happens is I end up not buying it. Like I ended up not buying them a balance bike this summer because I never got around. I couldn't get out of my own head about just spending the close to 200 bucks. And basically it's because of pride. Like I didn't want to buy him something cheap so they could both have one. And I didn't want to buy one good quality product because I didn't want them to have to share it. Mm-hmm. And that's stupid. Both of those things are stupid, but yeah, I, there's I one thing that sucks is teaching kids how to share, <laughs> especially when they're, Attention span is less than four minutes. Well, you're buying 180 bucks for two bikes that both of them will simultaneously get bored with in, in four minutes. Well, it's either that or you buy one and they both constantly want it. Or they, right, both, they just fight for four minutes. Yeah. So they're fight fighting. for four minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, how yeah. about instead of getting two of the same thing, like two balance bikes, you get like one balance bike and one Razor scooter. Oh. Then they, they have separate time on different things, but then you're not buying... Because, yeah, the idea of duplicates, having to have two of everything is awful. Pretty, pretty bogus. Pretty bogus. But it's, it's but maybe yeah. if you could have two cool things at once, and hopefully they don't... You know, obviously you're going to run into where they both want to be on the Razor scooter at the same time or something, right. but... Don't worry, only every time. Only, only every, every time. time. 
I wouldn't buy my daughters a Razor scooter if there was a free college tuition attached to it. Why? There'd be more plastic surgery in our house. Ah, come on. We've had Razor scooters in our house since we were since our kids were like three. Uh, no problems. I fell down on them more than the kids have. Yeah, we got one. Our daughter's a wimpy klutz. She hasn't killed herself on it yet. Yet. My daughter Joey can barely handle socks. Okay, I, I don't think she's. <laughs> Like, whoa, these socks are really slippery. Whoa. Socks on carpet? Forget it. Start with balance socks. Go start with socks with trading wheels. Right. Like socks with tread. Then we'll go to then we'll go to shoes. Then we'll go to like, walking fast. <laughs> I don't know, man. You can turn that front wheel so hard so fast on a on a razor. I just cannot wrap my brain around that. I can't. They both have tricycles, so that's working right now. But why don't you just it. Why don't you just cut one wheel off of each tricycle, and then you got two balance bikes? <laughs> hey, I think we have a solution. We've been very fortunate, and we have very generous family members who have medium to big ticket items. I sort of sh- shun them, like I, I walk away from them, and it's kind of I feel like beginning to hinder their ability to jet ski. Yeah, exactly. Right, their ability to play the violin. <laughs> well, I think just one of them needs to get held back or something. Can you hold a three-year-old back? So that you can just you can do hand-me-downs? I want to know. Exactly. Can I start? You know, I think they're too old. I think if I would have started a year ago, it started say, telling Josephine that her sister Cecilia was her big sister. I think I could have gotten away with it, or vice versa. I think. Wow, that's a really great plan. You would have had to definitely pick less physically capable one. You would have had to nail early on who that was. Josephine's fast, and Cecilia's agile. Like Cecilia is the spider monkey, and Josephine's the Flash. But Josephine will trip if you cough in the room, whereas Cecilia can fall backwards off the house and land on her feet. Well, maybe you. One of them gets the balance bike, and the other one gets a hamster ball. <laughs> What's the hamster ball for? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's protective. She can Just go fast, up. but if she trips, she go- she'll be in. Oh, she's, in the, she's in the hamster yeah. ball. You just need a toddler-sized hamster ball. She'd find a hill. I know. Got to love her. She'd find a hill. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of The Paternity Test to let our kid pet the doggy without asking its human first. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. Like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or you can email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at chicagoparent.com and call our voicemail 657-BAD-DADS and tell your friends about the show. Consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, if you're going to put your life support selfie on Tinder, don't forget to crop out the bedpan. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 